Welcome to The Backstory with Dr. Ricky Singh. This podcast is focused on bringing you the latest research-based information about dramatically improving health, well-being, and quality of life. And here's your host, Dr. Ricky Singh. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Backstory. So, 23 days until the 2023 New York City Marathon. I don't know about you, but we're getting pretty excited here at New York Presbyterian. Most of our team is hitting their peak mileage. And the goal for this month is to taper and not get hurt. So today I want to talk about something that has helped me avoid injury during the last six weeks of training. Now, we know that running is pretty accessible. It's one of the most popular forms of exercise. There are seasoned runners, like we saw the world record of the marathon just being set in Chicago last week. There are casual joggers like myself. And most consistent runners were primarily interested in three things. Number one, getting faster. Number two, being able to run longer without getting injured. And number three, running farther. And all of these three things together can help maintain my motivation and longevity in running. So the first question is, how do I run faster? And it's really not that simple of a question. There's two aspects to running faster, which can increase the speed in running. The first is stride length, which sometimes is predicated on how tall you are or your body habitus. But the second is stride frequency, also known as running cadence. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Running cadence has received some increased attention in research lately, and because it's associated with increased speed, improved endurance, and a decreased risk of injury. So what is running cadence? Running cadence is the number of steps per minute a person takes during a run. It's also known as stride frequency, step frequency, foot turnover. All these things kind of mean the same thing. And it's the number of steps you take per minute, and it depends on several factors. Like I mentioned earlier, one of the most notable things is your height. Taller runners moving at a constant speed tend to have a longer stride and a slower cadence than shorter runners. And shorter runners have to take more rapid steps to cover the same ground in the same amount of time. In addition, if you're running on an incline or a decline, that can also affect your cadence. When you're running uphill, you tend to increase your cadence. Consequently, your step length shortens, and these two factors help you adapt to an increased energy demand when you're running uphill. On the flip side of that, when you're running downhill, your cadence decreases because your step length increases to help keep your body in control. But let's take a step back for a second and just talk a little bit about the science of running cadence and some of the biomechanical considerations. So running is a complex activity. It involves the interaction of your joints, of various muscle groups, and the frequency at which your feet hit the ground, again, which is your cadence, has a profound impact on some of these biomechanics. So the first we talked about is reduced stride length. If you have a higher cadence, meaning your feet are turning over more rapidly, you're going to have shorter stride length. And if you have a shorter stride, That means your foot is going to spend less time in contact with the ground. This is going to decrease the impact of force with each step, which in turn is going to reduce the strain on your joints and your muscles. In addition, 
When you're spending less time on the ground, you're going to have improved leg springiness. Basically, the higher your legs are turning over, your legs and your calf muscles are going to have more elasticity. That's going to allow you to conserve more energy and make your run that much more efficient. And one of the main benefits of improving or increasing your cadence is a lower vertical oscillation. Basically, when you are moving your feet quickly and turning over step over step, you're reducing the up and down movement of your body while running. This is the vertical oscillation. This also minimizes the force on your body and decreases the risk of injury. All of, things, all of these things directly are related to ground reaction forces, GRF. And every time your foot strikes the ground during a run, it creates a ground reaction force. And these forces can be quite impactful. They can be quite harmful, especially if your running cadence is pretty low. When you have a higher cadence, it kind of mitigates some of the effects of these forces. The first is that it lowers your peak impact force. When you're spending less time on the ground, and your foot strike is shorter, this results in lower peak impact force because the forces are distributed over a shorter period of time. In addition, you get a smoother transition. With increased cadence, the transition between your foot landing and pushing off is much smoother, and this helps reduce the sudden and jarring impacts on your muscles and joints. And the last most notable thing on how a higher cadence reduces ground reaction force is that you're reducing the braking forces. Remember, every time you run, every time your foot hits the ground, you are impacting a braking force. So a shorter ground contact time facilitated by a higher cadence means that you're less likely to overstride, which can result in this force breaking your stride. And overstriding can also put undue stress on your knees, your hips, and your lower back. So the first thing to do is determine what is your natural cadence? How do you determine if your running cadence is actually effective? So an easy way to do this is to set a timer for 60 seconds, but don't actually start the timer just yet. Start running at your preferred pace. And once you're at a comfortable zone, start that timer. Begin counting each step. Each time either foot hits the ground, count that step. And it might be easier to count just one foot. For example, if your left foot hits the ground, count that step. At the end of 60 seconds, the number of steps is your cadence. So in an example, if you use just one step, multiply that number by two. So if you measured 70 left foot steps over a minute, that will equal a cadence of 170 steps per minute. The question really is, what is the optimal cadence? Now, there's no right answer here. But one of the Olympic coaches from 1984, Jack Daniels, no, no, not the whiskey, but actually a running coach, he counted the steps of elite runners in the Olympics in the 80s. And he found that 180 steps per minute or more was the optimal cadence to prevent injury and run more efficiently. But in reality, most of us recreational runners are probably in the range of 150 to 170. Yet, Trying to achieve a higher cadence is still certainly beneficial. What does 180 steps beats per minute actually sound like? So that's what 180 steps per minute sounds like. And when you're improving your running cadence, you have to consciously think about your steps turning over probably faster than you typically perform. 
The easiest way to do this is what I just showed you with a metronome. It's an app you can download on your phone, you can put it on your Apple Watch, and you can listen to it to try to match that beat. And why is it that running cadence is so important? The most important thing is fewer overuse injuries. Now, we've all suffered some overuse injuries while we train for the marathon, whether it's shin splints, could be tendon injuries, stress fractures if you're unlucky. And often these injuries stem from repetitive strain of certain muscles and certain joints. And as you improve your running cadence, it can really help reduce the risk of some of these overuse injuries. The first is because it alleviates the stress on the lower limbs. Remember, we talked earlier that a higher cadence reduces the stress on your legs by decreasing the peak impact force. This in turn can lower the risk of stress-related injuries like shin splints, tendinopathies, and stress fractures. In addition, you're gonna reduce the load on your joints. Remember, a shorter stride length is also associated with a higher cadence. This results in a more even distribution of load among your joints and can reduce the risk of joint-related pain like knee arthritis and hip arthritis. And the other big factor is decreasing muscle fatigue. With a higher cadence, with a higher foot turnover, you reduce the demand on specific muscle groups, thus mitigating the risk of muscle overuse injury. Another benefit of improving your cadence is enhanced running form. When you're running with an optimal cadence, again, the goal might be 170s or 180s. This encourages better running form. It helps you maintain an upright posture. It helps keep your core engaged. It reduces this unnecessary lateral movement. It reduces unnecessary vertical movement and keeps you moving forward. All of these things together contribute to a more efficient and energy resistant running style. If you're putting yourself at less risk of overuse injuries and you have an enhanced running form, naturally you're going to improve your running economy. And running economy refers to the energy required to maintain a certain specific speed or a specific running velocity. There is a lot of research that has shown that with the optimal cadence, you can lead to improved running economy and this more efficient use of energy will also lower the risk of injury, lower the risk of fatigue. So far, it sounds like win, win, win by improving your running cadence, especially in long distance events like marathons and ultra marathons. Endurance plays a critical role. A higher cadence improves your endurance by conserving energy, by reducing fatigue. It reduces the impact forces, the lateral movements, the vertical movements, and helps you maintain a steady pace for a long period of time. If you watch elite runners, you find that most of them maintain a consistent pace and that is essential for race performance. With a higher cadence, this encourages a smoother, more rhythmic running style, making it easier to maintain a steady pace for a long period of time. And finally, optimizing your cadence can really aid in developing a more effective race strategy. By understanding the relationship between cadence and pace and running efficiency, you're gonna better plan for your splits, you're gonna to try to negative split, and this is gonna help you make better decisions during your race. So you're probably asking yourself, how do you improve your running cadence? Well, the first thing to do is to calculate what is your natural cadence with the way I mentioned earlier. Then start thinking about gradual increases. It's important to note that changing your cadence too quickly 
will also be counterproductive. You want to start by increasing your cadence about 5 to 10% and progressively working your way up. Metronome training, as I showed you earlier, is really an effective way to train your brain and to train your body to adapt to a higher cadence. Set that metronome to your desired step rate and try to match your foot strike. Again, 180 beats per minute sounds like this. The other thing is to focus on form. Concentrate on running with proper form to ensure that increased cadence doesn't lead to other compensatory issues. And what I mean by good form, this includes an upright posture, engaged core, relaxed arms, less lateral movements, less vertical movements. But the most important thing is to listen to your body. Anytime you impact any change in your running economy and running form, listen to your body. If you experience pain or discomfort, try to make smaller adjustments and avoid overtraining. Some additional tips that can help you increase your steps include running to a beat. You know, probably one of the most old school and effective ways to increase your cadence is to listen to a music that's set to a certain number of beats per minute. So instead of counting your steps, you just run to the rhythm of the beat that equals each step. And don't be surprised that after a while of hearing either a metronome rhythm or a certain song, you can actually maintain this cadence without actually playing the music. The second is focus on smaller steps. Don't focus on running faster. Speed will come naturally after you increase your cadence. But for now, just think baby steps. A treadmill is probably a great place to start practicing until you make it to the road. You can track your progress with certain apps, Strava, Nike Run app. Many of these apps help you track your overall cadence. When trying to do cadence work, focus your energy on picking up the foot, not putting it down. Think fast, think light. The bottom line is this. Increase your running cadence has been shown to be beneficial. It increases your speed. It increases your running efficiency. But most importantly, especially during the last three weeks here, it's going to decrease your risk of injury. What's more is that when you improve your running cadence, it's going to lead to a more enjoyable and easier running experience and hopefully keep us all running for a long period of time. Part of the beauty of running is that it's simple. You don't need a gym membership. You don't need fancy equipment. All you need is determination and your feet. So for those of you out there running in three weeks in the 2023 New York City Marathon, hope to see you out there. Stay healthy, stay safe. Good luck, everyone. And we've got your back. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Backstory. Please subscribe, rate the podcast, and review The Backstory on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. And feel free to share this podcast on social media or even your own website or blog. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. To learn more about Dr. Singh and his clinical research, please follow him on social media. You can also sign up for his newsletter by going to www.rickysinghmd.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-S-I-N-G-H-M-D.com. Thank you.